in parenting, we deal with situations where our kids are not following through. I think that's probably 100% of parents that we deal with some issues of our kids not following through. Now, there's different reasons why they don't follow through. Maybe they don't because they don't understand, like they're not ready for that requirement. Or perhaps they don't follow through because they forget. They also don't follow through because they don't want to. It's not even so much of, I don't want to do that. You know, not necessarily that extreme, but just a, you know, I'm just really not motivated. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do with these other things that I'm motivated to do. Mom, friend, you and I both know that while parenthood is the most rewarding role in all the world, it is also the toughest role. We get to enjoy great moments, plenty of times, where we just want to make time stand still while we soak in every ounce of the precious experience. But then, there are the days when intentional parenting means we have to be willing to get in there and do the hard work of difficult conversations or towing the line when we don't think we can hold strong much longer. It's doing whatever is best for our child, even if it is not comfortable, not popular with the world, or not popular with our child. We're the parent, and that sometimes requires getting in the trenches for the sake of our family. It's not necessarily pretty, but it's important. Today on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, this is an episode from an occasional ongoing series called Parenting in the Trenches. It's chatting for a bit from my heart to your heart about the messy parts of parenthood. It's Parenting in the Trenches. So let's get in there together, Mama. Let's crawl on down into that muddy mess and muck of life and deal with this issue together, just the two of us. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and this week, I'm right there beside you as we do some parenting in the trenches. For most of today's episode, we will talk about how to follow up when they aren't following through, how to parent when our child is being apathetic. They are capable, but just unmotivated to follow through with what is expected of them. Now, before we focus there, though, let's talk about the number one reason why kids don't follow through with what they're supposed to do. The number one reason is because we as parents have not taught them to value our words. For our kids to value what we say, we have to highly value the words that come out of our mouth ourselves. If we're lazy about our words and instructions, they're going to also be lazy about listening and following through with our instructions. So today, with the question, what do I do when my child isn't following through? We're going to begin with how to bring value to our words, but then we will actually spend most of today on how to talk with our child when they have become apathetic about family responsibilities. Let's begin then with how to bring value to our words. We can't expect our kids to listen to us and heed what we say if we have not been valuing our own words with them. Let me read a short section from my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. Now, this is a section on getting kids to listen the first time. Let's look at page 58, and it's titled, No Means No, and Other Ways Words Must Mean What Words Mean, Getting Kids to Listen. How much time does your family lose because your kids ignore what you say? 
You've tried so hard to patiently tell them multiple times, but they don't listen. You wind up being at your wit's end as so much time was consumed by a power struggle over what should have been a simple request. I'd like to show you an uncomplicated and effective way to increase your child's respect for your word. There's a change that you can make that will decrease parental stress as well as kid whining, manipulation, and begging. It can result in kids doing what they're told the first time. So let's look at these steps. Slow down to give your words the attention they deserve. Don't quickly rattle off a command. Say it slow enough to really be heard. Now, before you make the command, think before you speak and make sure you're willing to even enforce the words that you want to say. Think, is what I'm about to say consistent with what I want our standards to be in this family? And secondly, am I able to enforce this command right now? Make sure your child is really listening also. That begins with eye contact. To get your child in the habit of giving you eye contact, you've got to be giving them eye contact. Look at them, say their name, and wait for them to look at you before you talk further. Having them answer with a yes, mom, can also be helpful. You can do the same with them when they speak to you. We're teaching our kids how to communicate by how we communicate with them. So I can make those respectful comments as well and give them my full attention, okay? Keeping going here. Also, especially if they're young, get in closer proximity to your child. Even squatting down to be face-to-face, taking the time to have eye contact and body proximity lets your child know that you think what you're about to say is important. It gives weight to words. Okay, that's just a little bit from the book. And those are especially important with young kids. The majority of what we're going to talk about today is with the older child that has been obedient in the past, but now they are starting to not do what they know is the family systems or the family rules, especially when a child just has become apathetic about following through. So let's pick back up with the older child when we have to confront them about apathy. So I had one that was just quiet about being unmotivated to do the things that this one was supposed to do. I will let that go for a little bit while I observe. So I'm observing Why is this child who has known this rule for a very long time? It's not a new rule. It's not an aspect of haven't been trained adequately in the rule, which that is absolutely something you have to ask yourself before you address an issue of lack of follow through is, did I really train this thoroughly to begin with? If not, it's for sure on you or on me. There've been lots of times where my child hasn't been following through. And so when I stop and evaluate it, I'm like, yeah, I really never trained them thoroughly and clearly on that. I did not make my expectations clear, but not just with words, like show them this is how it's done. If you go to a job and that boss doesn't thoroughly provide training, it would be wrong of that boss to expect you to do what you have not been adequately trained to do. So of course, we have to start there and ask, have I adequately done that? 
If I haven't gone through that training process with them on some chore or how I want them to do their homework or how I want them to unpack their backpack or how I want them to put their shoes away or put their clothes away or make their bed or interact with me or interact with others. If I have not adequately trained in any of these things of conflict, then that is the place to start. And just words sometimes are hard to remember. You know, we as parents, we forget all kinds of things, especially when it's just words. If it's not on paper, if it's not on a to-do list. And so it is understandable that there would be some forgetting or some falling through the cracks of responsibility. Let's back up and make sure we're doing that well. And if you want to know how to do that, I have an earlier podcast that I will put a link to in the show notes on how to hand off a chore successfully to kids. And I will say that how to do that is also in my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. But if we have adequately trained in the past, and if this is not a new rule or procedure, or it's not a new expectation, and we know that they're capable of it because we've gone through those steps, then if they start slacking off and they're no longer following through, like for example, at our house, I make meals or I have them make meals or whatever, you know, we, we have meals (laughs) and we clean those up together. You know, we have different, it's your job today to clean up or your job, or we're all going to do it together, whatever. But if they make a snack or a meal for just themselves, the rule is you clean it up completely. You wash all of those dishes, you clean off the counter, all of that gets done completely. Otherwise, with seven kids, most of them, all but one is grown now, but when there were all of them in the house, if I wouldn't have had that rule in place, just think of what a mess the kitchen would be continually, which would have, you know, brought down all of our moods. Nobody wants to live in messiness. So anyway, the rule needs to be in place, adequately trained. If someone after a while starts slacking on that, then at first I'm going to observe. I might not say anything. I'm just going to observe. Then my next step is going to be asking some questions. I've been seeing what appears to be slacking. Is that what you have observed as well? And do you know why that might be the case? Like, let's get to the bottom of this, right? Now, this is a good spot for me to be quiet after I've asked that question. You might even say, I want to give you time to think and identify why it appears that you've been slacking off from our systems lately. That's what I'm going to say to an older child when I confront them. And I am very measured in confronting now. Well, I should say most of the time I am. I did not used to be very measured. I jumped right in right away and said something. But I have learned I'm going to think through how am I going to say this in a way that is the least confrontational to them. How do you feel, parent, when you are confronted about something? If someone said to you, hey, I've been noticing you've been slacking lately. That, of course, is an accusation. And instantly, as a human, we all want to immediately defend ourselves. Now, what I've been talking to you guys about the last three weeks, really, has been learning to partner with our child in growing their character. And partnering with them means that I am not addressing this from a place of wagging my finger at them. Why did you do that? But rather, hey, I need to ask you about something. I've been noticing that it appears to be slacking. 
in several of our family systems lately. Is that what you've noticed too? Now that right there is less confrontational, but having to confront our children is going to be some amount of confrontation, even in the very best of cases. We can be measured and think it through first. Let's not be emotional. Let's not have an accusatory tone. All of those things just escalate the situation. So if I ask them, is this what you've observed too? And in a few minutes, we will also look at what are some probable causes. Okay, so I have de-escalated by in essence saying, I'm not going to enter into an argument about this. Let's take a step back. Let's give it 10 minutes. We'll come back to it then. That gives them some time to think through when they don't feel backed in a corner. Then it also gives them some time to calm down and to think more reasonably as well. In this situation where they've started slacking on home systems, one principle at play is the value of family systems. You see, I believe that systems bring freedom and bring peace. We add a family system one at a time. And what that means is it allows all of us to go on autopilot about whatever that system is, whether it's where our shoes and coats and backpacks go when we come in the door, that would be a system, or whether it is what we bring inside when we get out of the car, that's a system, or maybe it is when we mow the lawn, what are the things we do beforehand, during, and after, that would be a system, or how do we load the dishwasher, that's a system. All of these different systems, if we adequately train, make it exceedingly clear what our expectations are, give ample time and opportunities of me training them adequately and following up on those expectations each time so that the habit develops. You know, all of that is part of creating a system. I can't just tell them something one time or two times, maybe even three times and expect that the system has become a habit. But I want to be reliable to follow up on systems because it's that important. I value those family systems and the peace that it brings, the freedom of mind that it brings. And the more we go on autopilot with these have-tos that are, you know, basically anything that is a regular reoccurring activity need in our life, if we can create that into a system that we've gone on autopilot about, then it frees us up to focus on what matters most, relationships and discovery and conversations and um, new experiences and all of these great things because we have identified the things in our lives that can become routine on autopilot. That is my value of family systems. And I display that I value family systems by following up regarding them. So when a situation comes where they have stopped following through well with a family system, because I've made that so clear in expectations, then we have a lot less stressful of confrontation because the expectations are super clear about what we're talking about. I value family systems because it brings freedom and peace. That's one principle that I am going to be sure and talk about and implement in this situation. But another principle that I'm going to implement is that I want to equip them with the ability to identify within themselves 
Why are they doing a behavior that's not good for them or not good for others? And when they start becoming complacent in a family systems, that's not good for them or good for others. So let's identify why. Now, if I've dialogued with them in the past and taught them how to look inward and identify root causes, then it could be that that few minutes, that 10 minutes of going off by themselves to think allows them time to run through the different root causes that might be bringing this apathy in their behavior. But if I haven't, then I need to go through the process of teaching them how to identify root causes in their behavior. So I'm looking at the four main areas of life from Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. That's four areas, which are physical, mental, spiritual, and relational or social. So those are generally the four main root areas that a problem behavior comes from. So I want to help them learn how to identify the root cause. So let's go over some questions I may teach them to ask themselves about the four areas of of their life. You know, like, is this a spiritual issue? Is this a physical issue? Are you super tired? Are you foggy in your mind? Like, is this mental? Is Are you feeling depressed or anxious? Or are you distracted by this test that's coming up? Or is it something social? Are you having a problem with a friend? Did someone say something? Or are you feeling some way about your place in this family or among friends or the different social circles of your life? You know, let's get to the bottom of it. So that's the four different areas that I go over with you a lot. So let's take a specific scenario that this particular child had started slacking off on multiple different responsibilities that had been routine in the past. I know this child was fully capable of it because they had displayed it lots, but they were slacking kind of on a lot of their responsibilities. So first a conversation. This is what I'm observing. Is that what you're noticing too? Do you know why? Let's look at the four areas. And so it was determined that it really was just kind of a slacking off mentality of, I guess I'm really not motivated to do what I know I'm supposed to do. There's not a social thing going on, a mental thing going on. Well, that being slacking and not desiring to obey and work with a system to bless ourselves and others, that has some spiritual element to it. You know, that's a lack of fruit going on in their life. And by fruit, there's the fruit of the spirit, the character growth in us that that the Bible talks about. I was like, listen, I want a good future for you. And I know that current choices affect future success and future blessing and just life working out and flowing correctly. And even within your own self, when we start slacking, we start feeling crummy on the inside too. And I am doing this to make sure you're getting these principles in place and that you are recognizing that apathy does not bring contentment, joy, abundance. It doesn't bring a sense of accomplishment, fulfillment. We start to feel like we lack purpose in life. So let's have a refresher on how do we come to God with something about us that needs to change. So I'm going to pray first. And so I prayed and I asked God, 
to work on on my mouth and how I communicate to my child, that I would communicate in ways that the child understands, that it really does reach the child's heart. And I prayed that God would wash my mouth and my approach and that I'm sorry for the ways that I fall short in this. As our kids see on display how to do this stuff, that is how they can more easily learn to do it as well. We have covered a lot of details for one episode, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Today, we have talked about three values to consider when figuring out how to deal with a child that is not following through with their responsibilities. Our first value, value your own words as a parent so that your kids will value your words. Secondly, value family systems to increase peace and freedom. And with that valuing of family systems, we have to always remember the importance of adequate training in those systems before confronting our kids. Have we taught them adequately? Do we know they're capable of it? And have we made our expectations clear? Thirdly, value self-evaluation. When they're old enough, teach our kids to identify root causes in their behavior. And remember, you are partnering with God in growing their character and you're teaching them to partner with God in growing their character. Anytime I need to address a character issue in one of my kids, I do like to share an area of my character that I am working on. Then we can pray together. They can hear me asking God to forgive me for the ways that I am falling short and asking for his help, giving him permission to come into every part of my heart and grow his good character in me. For you see, we don't need to be perfect parents. We need to model to our children how to allow God to reshape us. This child that I have mentioned in this episode that was having trouble with an apathetic attitude, well, we spent the next two weeks praying together each morning to develop the spiritual habits of giving God permission to work and grow our character together. We would take turns. One day I would pray out loud and the next day they would pray out loud. We were learning to partner with God in growing our lives. Now be sure to check the show notes for some links to earlier helpful episodes on some of these topics and a link to my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. It is an honor to spend time with you each week on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'll see you next Monday.